Mark chapter 10 begins, Jesus is approached by some Pharisees as he's in the midst of teaching the crowds. They ask him a question about divorce, specifically to test him, asking if divorce is allowed, if it's lawful according to Moses' law. And Jesus gives them an answer they didn't expect by appealing not just to what Moses wrote about the topic in just a handful of verses in Deuteronomy chapter 24, but going all the way back to creation itself and asking what God's intention was. But the conversation didn't stop with his silencing of the Pharisees yet again as they tried to test him. It continued with his own disciples. In Mark chapter 10 and verse 10, where we read, and in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. And he said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Now that seems really simple. That seems really plain. It's just a few verses. But appreciate that there's a great deal of historical and cultural context that's underlying the fact that the Pharisees even asked about that issue to begin with. Because when we look at other sources in Scripture, we'll recognize that among the two main groups of the Pharisees, there were two different approaches to this particular issue as it relates to divorce. Now, everybody agreed that if a spouse were unfaithful, if a husband slept with someone who was not his wife, if a wife slept with someone who was not her husband, that was lawful grounds for dissolving the marriage. But the way that Moses specifically gave that commandment to God's people back in Deuteronomy chapter 24 framed it as finding any indecency. And that's where the schools of thought diverged. Because one more conservative group understood that Moses clearly meant if somebody had an affair. That was what was meant by indecency. But others took a much more liberal view with how to interpret that, with one example from some of the rabbis around Jesus's day even saying that a husband could find it indecent if wife burns his dinner. So that would be a reason to cast them out. So this was something that often got discussed and debated between the different parties of the Pharisees. So when they asked Jesus that question, they were trying to draw him in, and he so ably silenced that. Yet, it's still a difficult issue. It's still a complicated situation. So it's not a surprise that even after the religious debate was settled, Jesus' disciples still wanted to talk more about it. They still wanted to understand this because it is such a difficult, such a painful thing. And that's where Jesus, in speaking to them, shows that divorce and the issues around it are not simply something for religious debate, that there's real people involved. And part of what the Pharisees were missing in their approach to life is any time a husband took that more liberal approach of feeling justified, according to God's law, to divorce a wife, who just let herself go a little bit, who wasn't the best cook like he thought she would be. He was ruining her life. She had no rights in that world. 
and it would condemn her to such a difficult situation to divorce her in that way, regardless of what it meant about the covenant that he had said he was making to her and to God that he was breaking, whatever his justification might have been. So while the Pharisees considered themselves to be people that were so pure, that kept God's law so precisely, Jesus made clear, listen, if you do that to someone, if you just pass them aside like that for no reason at all, you're guilty of adultery. You're no better than these sinners that you look down upon because that's in effect what you're doing to that person when you break your covenant with them for something so light. While we aren't first century Jews, there's still so much that we need to learn from what Jesus said here. Because if you want to be a follower of Jesus and you're married, you need to stay married. What you do in your marriage matters to God. It matters to Jesus. So you do not get to cast your marriage aside as though it's just a legal arrangement and you're just going to terminate the contract. You don't get to cast your marriage aside because you feel unfulfilled or you just don't feel in love anymore. Jesus challenges you as his follower to put God's intention first and puts it right in front of you that if we are that dismissive with one another in a relationship as intimate as marriage, then we're guilty of adultery. We are out there with the most public of sinners and not truly trying to please God. We need to be challenged in that way. Because so much in the world around us focuses us on what makes us happy, on what we want to do. And Jesus gives us an important reminder of this. This is about real people. The other thing for us as followers of Jesus that we can learn about how Jesus handled this is that we can't allow our discussion about divorce and remarriage to be abstract, to be a litmus test, to see where somebody stands, to be a religious debate. Because this is something that involves real people. It's not just about who makes the best theological argument. What Jesus is teaching here is because the way we do it as people, folks get hurt. We get separated from God because of how we treat one another. So it's so important that we remember that, that we not simply treat divorce as an issue that we not simply make it a litmus test to see where a particular congregation or preacher stands and whether or not we agree with them and want to be in fellowship with them. We need to recognize that these are real issues that real people go through and they hurt. And we need to be taught by Jesus what matters most. We need to be taught by Jesus how to handle issues like this. So that even though our hard hearts, even though our sin causes 